we have made date night extremely important and and we don't we're very committed to our tuesday night date nights mm-hmm. so very rarely do we miss them. you know there's occasion you gotta have some flexibility if things come up but tuesday for us tuesday night date nights is like you we, we kind of made a decision that we're not gonna let there's always gonna be things that come up we're not gonna let those things you know get us in the habit of just skipping it all the time welcome to the landscape cafe and part two in this series Brought to you with support from Fort Myers Garden Service, maintaining and protecting business and residential landscapes. Visit fortmyersgardenservice.com or call 239-990-7494. So did you experience anything with your house or any of your family's houses from the storm? Yeah, our house did pretty well, to be honest. I I couldn't even find my shutters for the windows and we don't have impact windows. So I was pretty nervous. We didn't stay in our house. I was pretty nervous. I was going to come home to a bunch of shattered windows, but our house did really well. Uh, The fence that I built stayed up, so that made me feel good. (laughs) But uh, yeah, my parents' house, my parents' house got uh, completely flooded. So they're over on the river in in Fort Myers. So they were staying with with, uh, me and my wife for for three or four weeks and my grandmother's staying with us and but you know everybody was safe my dad's a contractor so you know day after the storm he was in there starting to work on things and get things back and you know we're just getting back to normal that's wild what do you think the uh timeline is for them to finalize their house and be back to normal i think it'll take a while to like really get back to normal um i don't know how many how many houses and properties that you've been to on the river probably quite a few i know you do a lot of work on the mcgregor area Um, but it's it's pretty great i mean even their yard got so eroded that it just looks completely different Uh, they're gone wash away the landscaping which is you know like i said it's good for business it's that and that that kind of brings up another point it's really tough because you know we're meeting with all these people who have been devastated and it's like yes there's a good opportunity for business Mm -hmm. uh, but it's difficult seeing what people have gone through and what they've what they've kind of suffered and it makes me even more frustrated when i see um when i see quotes from other contractors that a lot of people will show me especially in higher end you know like people that have a little bit of money Mm -hmm. Uh, i'll see i've seen quotes that are twice what mine are and i know yeah i'm talking like mine's say ten thousand there's just twenty thousand and they're using the same material so they're just absolutely scout and to me that like kind of boils my blood because right this is our home you know this is where we're from like people are i i i it rubs me the wrong way when people take advantage of, of people that have really gone through a difficult time yeah absolutely i mean when you walk in those properties and it's there there's two different i mean there's many different situations but um thankfully one of our really big clients along with gregor her house is uh, only a couple years old and the new code is pretty high built up. And then plus she had a big pool deck and she built very high up. And um, thankfully she didn't get flooded, but her whole landscaping got destroyed. And it was like, it was over 300,000. I mean, this is a big set. Yeah, I, I think I know the project you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's right there, right there on McGregor. It's a beautiful $7 million home. And, but I mean, they had over $300,000 with the landscaping damage and and rework done i mean that's over three months of (laughs) cleanup and then prep reinstall replace stuff does insurance cover landscaping 
It varies totally. You have to have the the right packages, and every insurance company is different. Um, their insurance. There's a weird situation. That's actually a good question. A weird situation with this job specifically. With a portion of the back right corner of the yard, um, the neighbor's big, like probably forty foot yacht, forty foot boat, came off of there. The neighbor's boat lift came into this customer's yard and left this probably it was probably twenty feet deep. Now probably about fifteen feet deep hole, and probably about 20 feet wide, this big gaping hole in the backyard. And so that neighbor's property, neighbor's property that his boat came onto my customer's property and destroyed, left that big gouge all in there. Um, so his neighbor's company came and um, his neighbor's insurance company came and paid for a removal people to come get that out of there. And it was a nightmare. It took him like a week to do it. And, um, but now they have that big gaping hole. So who pays for that? Um, wow. I, I think that neighbors um, insurance company is going to pay for it. We build it out separate so that they, way they could submit it to them. But um, so in a situation like that, I think yes, insurance will cover some stuff like that. Um, but as long as all the other damages, I don't think they're going to pay for a lot of it. Maybe like the irrigation um, system, like repairing all of that and, more of the functional stuff, but the soft material, like, you know, the dirt, the grass. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't think that's covered, unfortunately, which yeah, is yeah. pretty yeah, crazy. I think, I think you, you're right on because I'm seeing the same thing in that every insurance company is different. Like I'm mm -hmm. seeing some insurance companies that are just, you know, stroking a check right away and saying, yeah, your whole fence is covered. And then some insurance companies that are just like, yeah, this panel's good. This panel's bad. This panel, you know, so they're being very picky. And then mm. this will be actually a good piece of information for anybody who's listening to this. A lot of insurance requirements for to cover a fence. So if you have a fence and you want to the best chance of it being covered by your insurance during a storm is you want to make sure that your contractor is anchoring the fence into the house itself oh okay because what that does is from from my understanding is there's different line items and and i am by no means an expert or even uh very well versed in how insurance works but from what i've been able to kind of ascertain over the last uh, couple months is when when you have a post when your fence is connected and actually anchored into the house with a concrete screw attached on, then it becomes a part of the structure, a part of the dwelling structure. And so typically, uh, the way I believe it works is you have different light items. So you have things that for your insurance and what is covered, you have accessory structures. So maybe that's a shed, maybe that's a above ground pool or a deck or something like that that's separate from the house. But then there's things that are actually attached to the house and they call those, um, you know, that's part of the primary dwelling. So when you actually anchor the post and a lot of fence contractors don't do that, like they'll set a post in the ground right mm -hmm. next to the house, depending on what the footer is like, but they might dig a hole right next to the house and, and put it in concrete, just like they do all the other posts. But if they don't anchor it, I've seen a lot of insurance companies get out of paying for anything by saying, Hey, this is an accessory structure and it's not covered. Wow. That's crazy. That's such a small detail. Well, yeah, Isn't that crazy? One screw, one 
tapped on on each side of the house, you know, in, wherever the fence connects into the house could potentially save you $10,000. So, you know, if anybody's right. listening to this and you're going to get a fence, make sure you, you know, let your contractor know that you want that fence anchored into the house. That is awesome. That's good to know. Holy cow. And since we're building your fence in about three weeks, you, uh, yeah. you know, that for you. So, yeah, contractor, please, can you uh, put it into the house? <laughs> That's for sure. So I am so excited about that. Speaking of, of the fence um, for our little girl that we're going to have, she's going to be able to play in the backyard and won't have to really stress about her going to the pond that's in the preserve behind us or anything. Um, yeah, my little girl over, I don't have to worry about her either. So yeah, that's to. right. That's right. That's going to be awesome, man. I can't, can't wait for them to, them to hang out. Um, so speaking of, speaking of family, um, you got a little girl yourself, yourself, you and your wife, um, you guys, her birthday is December 14th, right? 14th. There you go. We're, we're, uh, do the 10th. So I don't know. It's going to be close. We're going to, they're probably going to have to have, uh, some birthday parties together. They're going to have to share them. Well, I'm sure in the future we'll be doing something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, what has that been like that journey of having a, a newborn and then also running a business and then additionally having a wife that's involved in the business what have been um some of the blessings from that or some of the challenging things from from being from having that yeah that's a good question um so for both of us it's our first our first kids you know yours coming and mine here so i don't know how that changes when you have multiple kids but you know you're getting ready to walk through what i did a year ago and um i would say some of the challenges are making sure to like obviously work and home life balance is important whether you have kids or you don't have kids you know really trying to maintain those boundaries of um you know as much as you can keep work at work and and your family life your family life and it's difficult and you know this is a business owner i think business owners um uniquely have a stress that employees don't have not not that it, you can't have a lot of stress as an employee and i'm sure different jobs have different levels of that but mm -hmm. uh, there is, is a small business owner especially it can be extremely difficult to get home and to turn the switch of work and stress and problems and all sorts of things off and give your family the attention that one they need two they deserve and three that you want to give them you know you, mm -hmm. you family that time and so that that's been a little bit of a, a learning challenge and it's a i mean when i got married two and a half years ago i was learning that same lesson and then when you have a a child you know it, it's you're kind of relearning it and learning it more um so that that's been one of the i guess challenging things but i feel like i do pretty well with that um and it it's going to change depending on how important family is to you you know mm -hmm. so there's a lot of uh business owners that i know that their business that's their family like that's that's more important they have a family but their business is their priority but for those of us who have a very deep uh, commitment to our family, and our family is by far more important than our business, mm -hmm. it's important that you don't. There's always there's always um, 
urgent things at work. There's always difficult things. There's always things going on in your mind and it can be easy to, I think, justify, you know, getting home and kind of being in two different head places. But I think you kind of have to make a conscious decision of uh, adding structure and kind of saying, okay, at this time, it's about my family. Like I'm turning the phone off, like doing things like that actually make a big difference. Like literally <laughs> turning the phone off. Um, and you know, sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you can't, but those type of things help. And so for, for me and my wife, just one other side note, like me and my wife, we have made date night extremely, um, important and, and we don't, we're very committed to our Tuesday night date nights. Mm-hmm. So very rarely do we miss them. You know, there's occasion you got to have some flexibility if things come up, but Tuesday for us, Tuesday night date nights is like you, we, we kind of made a decision that we're not going to let, there's always going to be things that come up. We're not going to let those things, uh, you know, get us in the habit of just skipping it all the time. And so that's, that's been huge for us. So different decisions and things like that really help keep that balance. That's awesome. That is, that's something I even know here, Tuesday night, date night. So I'll look at the calendar. <laughs> it's funny. Sometimes I'll look at the calendar and be like, oh, it's Tuesdays. And uh, I'll be like, oh, it's Jeff and Bree's date night. Like I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll literally, I'll randomly think about that sometimes because you guys are so good about that and model that very well. I think that's awesome. Wow. Um, that's, that's something uh, my wife and I, Kitty, we're doing it for like Thursdays for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. But man, I'd, I'd love to step up and, and really commit more firm like you guys do and just make it the same night every single week. I, you guys do such a good job with that. Yeah, and, and I think it's because, so few reasons. One, we really enjoy it. After every single date night, we're like, man, we needed that. It refreshed us. And right. sometimes you, you get in this phase where it's like, and a lot of times Tuesday nights, I have a lot of work to do. And it's like, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to say, Hey babe, you know, can we just like take it, you know, order pizza and maybe do some work here. And, and there have been a couple times where we've done that, where we really have to get some stuff done, but for the most part, it's, it's not even an option. And yeah. what helps is after every single date night, we, me and my wife are, whether we say it verbally or not, a lot of times we do say it verbally, like, wow, we needed this. And it, and it kind of refreshes us for work. It kind of refreshes us to, because now not everything is work. And then I apply that same thing to, to uh, Sundays. So for me, Sundays, it's no work. It's a no work zone. And that has a lot to do with our faith. And what, what I noticed, the same thing I noticed on Sundays is me, even though like I said before, there's always things that I can do and always things on my mind for work uh, on Sundays. But that day of rest helps recharge me a lot for the work week. And, you know, so things aren't just like running together, work just running together. I have that time to focus on on my family, on my faith, on my love for Christ and put things in perspective and in priority. And it also, I think it helped me really make better business decisions because, I, I step back, you know, how often in business, like you're so in, like in the mud and in the weeds of things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you take a step back, you're like, why am I wasting spending my time there? Why am I doing this? Why am I making this decision? So it gives you a little bit of clarity to, to make better business decisions. Absolutely. That's a beautiful thing. So you shared a little bit about your faith. Uh, I am a young business owner as well. You got a few years on me. You're really crushing it. And, uh, think you do a really good job of bringing your faith into the big decisions that you make at work. What does that look like um, on a normal basis, being a 
small business owner and a Christian at the same time. Um, how do you, how do you reflect that? How do you go about your day to day, um, making decisions based off of that? Yeah, no, that's a good question because there's so many things that are like, that, that seem to not have a lot, like, so in running a business by, let me, what's an example? You might think, how do I, how do, so for me, I'm a Christian and I want to share the love and the truth of Christ with anybody who, who I mean, how do you do that? Just building a fence. And so is a, is a, it goes back a little bit to what we, what I was talking about with perspective. Um, so the kind of the first step, I guess, in that for me is I ask my, and I ask myself this question a lot actually is what is my purpose for this business? That that's an important thing. It's, it's your mission statement. When you, when you're starting a business, when you're working on things, what's my purpose? If your if your main focus and purpose in your business is to make money, it whatever that is, whatever your, your purpose for your business is, is going to have a lot to do with the decisions that you make, with how you interact with your employees, how you interact with people, with how if money is your end all be all, then your decisions on how you, like I said, how you treat your employees, how you handle customers, how you you know, that's going to affect how you make those decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, all business is like God calls me to provide for my family. God calls me to be a hard worker, not slothful and and just wait for handouts. And uh, God calls me to be all sorts of things. But to me, I think, OK, this business is something that I can provide for my family. And that's a very important thing for me as a man and me as as a believer. But then at the same time, how do I take take it a step further and say, well, how do I take a, a fence business and make it a, a gospel opportunity? Because, and this is, I say this a lot of people at the end of the day, fences mean nothing in eternity. So fences, buildings, things that we spend so much of our energy and time doing are going to have little to no significance in eternity like when we die a lot of people don't like thinking about afterlife because what what's now is pressing like it's so easy you're focused on what's in front of you right now but it's that perspective of, of stepping back and so for me it's my life is about the fact that christ i i am a sinner christ has died and he has covered my sins and i am forever thankful and grateful to him and i want to share that with people and mm -hmm. so my business is a way for me to provide for my family and it's a platform and and for me it's it's more without like obviously i want to back up words but i want people to see that my business first and how i act as a leader and how mm -hmm. how how we handle things and how we do things um i don't want it to just be like everybody knows people that have you know stamped christian on something and then they get kind of either uh, screwed over by them or you know taken advantage of or whatever it is they just get you know what was said and what was done was completely different yes right the landscape cafe is a production of pure landscaping and the niche podcast network learn more about bailey katie and the team by visiting purelandscaping.com you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts and don't forget the best place to rate or follow the show is at thelandscapecafe.com.
We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned. There is more to come.